welcome to Disciple Making Mala, a podcast to encourage, inspire, and equip you to make disciples in your home and in the world. Hello, dear old and new friends. I am so excited that you've joined me here and are listening to the first ever episode of this podcast, Disciple Making Mama. My name is Anna de Villiers and just before I started, I prayed for you and hope that this time that we'll spend together will really be a blessing to you, that you'll be encouraged, that you'll be inspired and also that you'll be equipped in your role as disciple-making mama. Yeah, for those of you who don't know you, I'm Anne, and I'm a disciple-making mama. I was born in Germany, but I spent my childhood in Africa because my parents were missionaries there. And yeah, after I finished my schooling and university in Germany, God called me back to Africa, to South Africa to be precise, I moved there to work with a Christian missions organization, and I also met my amazing, wonderful South African husband there. And yeah, we've been um, yeah married for six years now, and yeah, both of us worked um, with that missions organization in South Africa for four years, and now we've also been working as missionaries in Japan for four years. We have two children, Fuka and Ayumu. And as you might hear from the names of our children, our children are Japanese. We adopted both of them in Japan. And with Fuka being two years and eight months and Ayumu being a year and four months, those two are definitely my main occupation at the moment. And yeah, with this podcast i am inviting you into into our family into our lives um and yeah i i'm certainly not a professional podcaster in fact i've um recorded this podcast twice already but i had some technical problems so i'll record it again hoping really really <laughs> that this time it will work out um, but yeah, I hope that as you listen, that you'll, you'll just have the feeling that you're, you're coming over for a coffee, you're sitting in my living room, you're experiencing my life, my, my struggles, my joys, but also that I can pass on some of the things that I've been taught, some of the things that I've experienced and yeah, that you'll be encouraged after our time together. Yeah, today, besides all my technical issues, has been quite a day already. Um, this morning I quickly went out on our balcony to hang the laundry and because the weather was really beautiful for mid-February, I took the kids with me only to have Ayumu throw his milk bottle off the balcony, onto the roof, into the garden. And amazingly, neither the roof nor the gar uh, nor the bottle or the garden um, got damaged. But yeah, just as I was finished scolding him for just throwing his things down, I put both kids in their room to play a little bit and quickly ran downstairs to brush my hair and brush my teeth. 
And when I came back up, I realized that Fuka had gotten hold of a tube of toothpaste and had sucked out half the content. So I'm not sure what effect it was kids toothpaste so i don't think it, it is really bad but i don't know what what effect this has on little children but definitely for the rest of the morning she was not the most happy child and i know that your mornings probably look very similar there are lots of lots of funny things lots of um challenges and yeah that's just that's just our lives as as mamas, isn't it? I once heard a preacher say that nothing sanctifies you as much as marriage. And I would add, nothing sanctifies you as much as marriage and parenthood. Or for me, certainly, nothing has shown me my need for sanctification as much as being married and having kids. I... I no, this sounds kind of odd, but I could manage pretty well to be a nice girl and treat people kindly, patiently, and even like Jesus would treat them when they were not around me 24-7. But having these two little people who are so dependent on me, who um, get into trouble and mischief almost every five minutes, and yet who are yeah, who are so eager, who are growing every day. Um, yeah, that situation has really brought me to my knees, both in, yeah, the load that I'm carrying, but also in in really seeking Jesus in, in this season. And, yeah, I think, yeah, that that nothing in my life, to be honest, has, has shown me my need for Jesus more than being a mom because yeah I really want to do this well I really want to to be a good mom to my kids but I really reach my limit very very often and that brings me to yeah to God to Jesus and I really believe that this season of of motherhood can also be a time where our friends who, who don't know Jesus yet, who are not Christians, can are uniquely open to see that they need God as well, that they need a savior, that they need a helper, that they need guidance, yeah, that they need God in their lives. And I think that motherhood is one of the big graces that God gives us to bring us to our limits and to turn to him. As I shared in, in my short introduction, I've been living in Japan for the last four years and the Japanese people, like so many all over the world, often believe that they're not so bad, they're certainly not sinners, you know, really bad sinners, they're not criminals, so yeah, what's the big deal? And also that they can manage life quite well without Jesus. But I've discovered that since I've become a mom and since I've had a lot more contact with other moms here in Japan through that, that moms feel quite differently. I can honestly say that the moms that I um, yeah, engage with here on a daily basis 
see that they need someone bigger than themselves to help them, to give them wisdom, to give them strength, to help them make decisions and help them to love well. And it, it seems to me that in motherhood, in this place of our deepest and most self-sacrificial love, we also see our own limitations so clearly. We love our children, but we simply don't always know what is best for them. We love our children, but sometimes we get impatient or downright angry. And we love our children so much, but we, we see that in our love, we can't just give them what they want the whole time. Our love seems to have to come along, alongside rules and boundaries. Otherwise, our children will become spoiled and, and terrible personalities to be around, which leads to questions like, how do we set these rules and boundaries? What are guidelines and principles to um, set for our children, to pass on to our children? Um, who makes these guidelines and principles? Is there a higher power? Is there a creator God who who made us, who made our children, who who knows what they need, who can help us in raising them, who can help us um, create a good environment for them to grow up. And yeah, as moms are thrown into these deep existential questions, I see that God is softening the hearts of many moms through thoughts and questions like this. And I'm excited to be in a place where I can relate to them. I'm, yeah, as, as you heard when I shared about my morning, um, I'm, I'm certainly not one who has it all together, but I'm excited that as, as my mess meets the reality of God, as I have to think about these same questions that they have to think about, but I can think about them in conversation with the living God. And also, as I fail so many times, as I have regrets so many times, I can experience forgiveness and um, can share about that experience of forgiveness and of freedom. And I'm really excited to be able to um, share life with other moms who do not know Jesus as a Christian mom. I, I think that's that's an amazing position to, to be a witness for Jesus, not as someone who comes from kind of top-down preaching, having all the answers, knowing everything, but being unable to relate, um, unable to empathize, but someone who's right there in the same situation and yet someone who can also point to God who helps us in this and who who gives our motherhood purpose and direction and our lives for that matter. I know that as a mom who is just in in the trenches of life, we can often feel tempted not to witness. For myself, I can say that even if my living room is a mess and if I was impatient with my daughter this morning and then I go out and I meet a non-Christian mom, 
there's a voice inside my heart that says, Yane, who are you? Who do you think, yeah, who are to now want to witness to this person about God and how much he helps you? And just look at yourself. Just look how much you're blowing it every single day. But yeah, I want to encourage myself and I want to encourage you that we we really allow God into the messes, into the failures of our lives and then take that, both the mess and where God meets us in the mess to the people around us that don't know Jesus. And I'm sure you can relate to, to feelings of failure, to overwhelmedness and regret, but I hope that you can also relate to yeah the for first and foremost for yourself the experience of, of forgiveness of redemption that feeling that god takes you picks you up and helps you to keep going to the experience of him giving you peace and joy and strength and to see things in perspective but beyond that also that you will be able to relate more and more to the sense of opportunity that we have as mamas to make disciples, to be witnesses of Jesus wherever we are and to help others, especially those who are in a similar stage of life as we, to surrender their lives to him, to experience his forgiveness and how he makes them new as well through his spirit. I really believe that we are in a key position to live out the kingdom of God and to help others to enter it. We're in a key position to make disciples. Yes, first and foremost of our own children, but also of the people around us. Why? <laughs> Why am I so positive about this? Well, I've already shared my experience that I find fellow mamas usually quite open and eager to talk about deeper things in life, about questions like, how can I raise my child well? How can she become a good person? What is a good person? What or who can guide me in this? And I also find them, like myself, often at their limits, which is really a place of grace because it helps us to admit that we need a savior, a redeemer, and a constant helper to live this life and do this motherhood thing well. But beyond that, I believe that as mamas, we are actually uniquely trained and equipped by God in making disciples. When we raise our children, there, there are so many parallels to the process of discipleship. And through our children, we are in so many places to make disciples that, yeah, I really believe that this is not a season to kind of, um, yeah, cope out for a while and and think yeah I'll, I'll do the work of the kingdom again when my kids are bigger or when they're out of the house when I have time but I think that now is an amazing time to obey Jesus because let's yeah remember that this is not some idea that that I just had oh yeah we ought to make disciples but this is the last instruction that Jesus gave to his disciples and through them also to us. After Jesus had died on the cross, after he had risen, after he had taught his disciples more things about the kingdom of God, just as he was about to leave this earth, 
he told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he had commanded them. We can read these words in Matthew 28, the verses 19 to 20. These are the last words of Jesus, like his, his last will. And it applies to us as well. Jesus had lived out these words throughout his lifetime. When we read through the Gospels, we can see what it meant to make disciples. And later, as we read on in the book of Acts, we can see these words fleshed out. How did the disciples understand them and obey them? And yeah, we can, we can learn a lot for our own lives from that, of course. If we look at, this, at these words from Jesus, we see that there are several parts to making disciples. The first part is go. It seems kind of obvious, but we have to go where lost people are. And that can be a challenge for us as mamas because we want to protect our children. We want them to be in a very good environment, most yeah, best uh, a Christian environment. And we can isolate ourselves and our children from people who need to hear the gospel, who need to be discipled. So let's go. Let's go where lost people are. And for some of us, that might mean to go to another country. But wherever we are, whatever our role at the moment is, we can go. We can go to a play group where there are people from very, very different backgrounds who believe things that you're highly uncomfortable with and definitely disagree with. You can go and start relationships with parents at your child's school. You can go and start chatting with a mom at your son's soccer club, with a fellow mom at your daughter's orchestra practice, wherever it may be, don't be afraid of yeah, engaging with people that don't know Jesus yet. That is part of what we're commanded to do, to go to those people. And when Jesus said to his disciple, go, they knew what he meant by that. He had previously also told them to go, and that time he elaborated a little bit more on it. I think it's in Matthew 10, and you can also read about it in Luke 10, where when he sent out his disciples for the first time, he gave them a bit more specific instructions, not just to go and, and physically be present somewhere. Of course, that's that's kind of the, the minimum requirement. We have to be physically present where there are people who are not following Jesus yet, but there's more to going. Jesus told the disciples earlier, go and proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. Heal the sick, cast out evil spirits, raise the dead, Cleanse the lepers, show through your lifestyles and through your attitudes that God is your provider, that God is your Lord and King. 
And when we read on in the book of Acts, we see that this is how the disciples understood this last instruction of Jesus as well, this last go. Wherever they went, they preached the good news of the kingdom of God. And yeah, I'm really excited about us as moms being naturally in so many places where we can go, we can preach the kingdom of God, we can bring the kingdom of God through healing, through forgiveness, through our words, through our actions, and through inviting people into a relationship with Jesus and into a discipleship relationship with us. As I've shared, I've been a missionary for eight years now, and so much of the daily life of a missionary is spent on creating places and times where we can meet with people who do not know Jesus. But we as moms have these opportunities so naturally. And I want to open your eyes to see the opportunity that lies in these meeting places, that lies in these places that might seem bothersome to us at times, when we have to run errands, when we have to go shopping. But that is when we can meet people who do not know Jesus yet and engage with them. The second part of Jesus's command to make disciples is baptizing them, baptizing those who were discipling. So to help them start the Christian life. We'll look at this in a lot of detail in this first season of the podcast. What does it mean to start the Christian life? What is the, the biblical response to the good news? And But for now, let me simply make you excited about this part. You, as a Christian mama, have the job and privilege to help people be born again, to deliver a spiritual baby kind of like a, a spiritual midwife, to help someone enter the kingdom of God. What an exciting idea. We, we can help change people's eternity. So often, mom life can feel very mundane, very repetitive, and very, very earthly, <laughs> with lots of cleaning, wiping, washing, and very little that feels grand. We, we know the big picture matters. We know that we're doing a grand job, but our day-to-day -day life can, can feel rather small. But this, ladies, this is work of eternal value that we're given, that we're invited into right here as we clean the messes, solve the fights, and rock babies. We are also having an influence and, an, and a responsibility for the eternity of people around us, for their relationship with their maker, with the living God. The last part of Jesus's command of making disciples is to teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. So making disciples is not only evangelism, that first part to go to proclaim the kingdom of God. It is also not only helping people be born again, but it continues from then onwards. Just as motherhood is not only bringing children into the world, but kind of the real job starts, then of course it, it, we, the children have to be brought into the world first, but no one would dare say that motherhood is finished with that act 
And in the same way, making disciples is not just finished with helping someone be born again. But when a, a new disciple is born, when someone is born again, they're like a spiritual baby. And then they need spiritual parents. They need someone to give them milk. They need someone to teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. And these words that Jesus chose there are quite interesting because I think often we we might understand the Christian life as a, a set of rules, a, a set of things to obey. I'm sorry, not a set of things to obey. I'm getting ahead of myself. A set of things to know. But the focus in the words of Jesus here are that new disciples or disciples in general grow in obedience, not only in knowledge. Knowledge is a foundation, but it is not a goal in itself. When we look at the way Jesus discipled, we see that he didn't only teach, but he did life together with his disciples. And we see that it didn't happen in the vacuum of a classroom, but as they did life together, as topics or issues arose, Jesus taught them the appropriate response and helped them to apply it. And that's what we do when we disciple someone. We do life together and make the teaching of Jesus practically applied in their lives. And as moms, we, we make that experience of, of teaching to obey every single day. And that's another reason why I think we're, we're so uniquely equipped during this time. So especially trained by God as we raise our children to also raise spiritual children to make disciples. We're not just preaching at our children once off, thou shalt eat with knife and fork. And then we think, well, now I've given my child the knowledge. They know they ought to eat with knife and fork. Now I've done my job. But we know that, yes, of course, it is important to, to share the words, to share the knowledge that, well, in this family, in this culture, it is good behavior to eat with knife and fork and not just stuff your face with your fingers. But then we train our children every single day. We help them to apply this knowledge, to make it practical. We train them and, yeah, they grow in that as they practice more, as they learn to obey, and then they're ready for the next step. And that is very, very similar to discipleship. Spiritual children as well. We, of course, we teach them knowledge of the Bible, knowledge about God, but also we help them to make it practical in their lives step by step. Like many words in the Christian context, discipleship can become a bit of a, a buzzword without clear definition or with many, many different definitions. So what do I mean when I say discipling someone? Let's look at the New Testament and here it is very striking and really exciting to me what language the New Testament uses when it comes to discipling people because it uses the language of parenthood. Paul often referred to the guys he discipled as his sons and 
in that gives us a simple but very deep idea of what discipleship is. Discipleship is spiritual parenting. So in in various passages throughout the New Testament from Jesus himself saying we have to be born again through John in 1 John 2 speaking to people at various stages of the of the Christian life as spiritual fathers as young men and as children in the book of Hebrews in at the end of chapter 5 and at the beginning of chapter 6 we see that the writer of the Hebrews tells them well when you are babies in the faith this is the kind of milk you ought to have but you're not supposed to live on milk the whole time you're supposed to mature you're supposed to become grown up and then also have a different spiritual diet think about different things know different things obey different things and that is really the essence of discipleship it is helping people and taking the responsibility as spiritual parents for people to grow from spiritual babies to young men to spiritual fathers who in turn can have spiritual children again again the the similarities and the parallels to natural family life are so striking we are raising our children now but we don't expect our children to remain two years old forever we expect them to grow up as and to take on whatever we teach them and we expect them to one day have their own family and to pass on what they've learned from us and so in that way we are raising up future generations and in the same way spiritually we when we disciple somebody we don't expect them to remain at that same level of spiritual maturity forever we expect them to grow up to grow in responsibility in maturity in love for god in love for people but then also to make disciples themselves so very similarly to natural parenting discipleship is to raise spiritual babies into mature people who can have their own kids one day. So I hope you're starting to understand why I'm so excited about this double role that we're given as Christian mamas and disciple makers. And if you've followed me until now, you'll know that every Christian ought to be a disciple maker if we want to obey Jesus. So I've I've talked a lot <laughs> in this in this podcast and and maybe it's not been very linear at times and yeah all that to say i hope that you've caught some of the vision that i believe god wants to give you i hope that you're starting to see yourself as someone who is in a prime position to make disciples maybe you're really scared to do that. Maybe you have no idea how to do that. And I hope that in the next few episodes, I'll be able to, to take some of your fears, to share some of my experiences, and to also share some ways with you how we can make disciples, how we can go, how we can preach the kingdom of God, how we can heal the sick, how we can cast out evil spirits, how we can 
live out the kingdom of God and bring the kingdom of God. Also, how we can help people start the Christian life. How, what does it mean to baptize someone? What are the prerequisites for baptism? Um, what does baptism mean? And then also to give you some inspiration and equip you a bit in how we can help people mature as disciples, how we can disciple people. But for today, I just like to read through Matthew 28, the verses 16 to 20 with you one more time. I've already quoted a bit of this passage, but let's just yeah go back to the words of Jesus that are the foundation for all of this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In all of this, in being mamas and being disciple makers, let's not lose our focus on Jesus. He's the one whose worship and obedience is our goal. He's the one who has all authority And he's the one who's with us as we raise up our children and as we make disciples to the end of the age. Let's obey him. Let's make disciples. I'm so glad you joined me today. Soon my kids will wake up from their naps. I'm glad that I could just squeeze it in still. And I'm looking forward to chatting to to you again next week. Thank you.